Hello and welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath, I'm here with Donald. Hello. And in our session today, we are looking at resilience and how we can grow in it. Enjoy. I just wanted to bring you an update. Last week we talked about anger and uh, we had a few little uh, emails in, particularly about my driving. I confessed if you didn't watch the last one that I'm a little bit of an angry driver beep the horn a lot. I just wanted you to know, driving here tonight, I didn't use the horn once. I didn't tail anybody. I, I was my best behavior. Now, I can't tell you what I did for the rest of the week, but tonight, I, I felt a sense of, you know, achievement. I flashed and let people out. I, I was on a roll. So do not come near me this evening as I drive home, because probably that's all going to go down the pan. In now, the spirit of confession, yeah, yeah. I, I, we lost two games in a row, and I didn't take it very well by Saturday <laughs> night, having spent... 10 quid to watch it on, t on the uh, iPhone, yeah. Let's a, move on. It's a learning experience for us, it isn't is. it? It is. Yeah, and when you support football teams like we do, you need resilience. Donald, we're getting towards the middle of December, which I find quite difficult to believe because in some ways this year has been a really difficult year for so many people, and yet mm. it seems to have gone so quickly that we are practically at Christmas. And there's been so much that has gone on this year that I think it's taken its toll on many people. I think people are beginning to feel a little bit fatigued, whether that's mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. It's partly because I think for some people, their jobs have been quite manic and quite stressful. Some people have had to work extra hours with extra pressure. I think for some people, the pressure's come because maybe they've lost their job or they've been on furlough, financial difficulties. Maybe there's been illness and bereavement having the whole family at home for long periods of time and homeschooling and stuff, that's a, a joy, but also I suspect quite a pressure at, at, at times. And then there's the whole, I don't know what's going to happen. I know at Christmas that I've got five days to see three bubbles, but apart from that, I can't go and see people. I can't do this. There's just so many questions, so many things that have gone on. And so as we've gone through this year, I think many people are fatigued. How would you say you're doing? The very first questions of life, I asked you a question. I said, Donald, how are you coping with the start of the pandemic? How are you coping as we get towards the end of the year? Um, I don't often think about how I'm feeling, yep. which may be a good or a bad thing. I think I am physically tired. Uh, I think that I am probably in a slightly better place than when we first did Questions of Life, where there's a lot of uncertainty, mm. a lot of anxiety around whether we were going to be and making the right choices as a church. And I think I feel in a better place there. I feel we've, we've done well. We've survived. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. So in that sense, I think lockdown has probably been okay for me. It's been physically very mm. exhausting, but as I've got a handle on it, it's mm. been better. Mm. I think I have more anxiety when I think about undoing lockdown. Okay. And that causes me more concern as to how we evolve back into life and how we ensure that when we get back into life, we take into that the good things from this experience and mm -hmm. we don't just revert to how we did everything before. Mm -hmm. So how do we manage, A, the transition where we're half and mm -hmm. half and we've got bit more relaxed but we're not fully back to normal and then when we get back to what's normal how do we make sure that normal is learning from and building on this experience both as individuals in terms of how we use our time what's priority mm -hmm. how we value other people mm -hmm. but also as a church how do we 
build on what we've actually found to be really successful during lockdown mm. and how do we... So all of that causes me anxiety because it's unknown and mm. uncertain. It's interesting that you say all of that because when we look at resilience and, and we are going to look at that this evening, there's a sense that, OK, we're coming towards the end of this really difficult year. For some people, they're holding out for Christmas, get to see loads of loved ones. For others, Christmas is going to be really, really difficult. And then we've got to pick ourselves up again in the new year. And then we don't know what the year is going to look like. So as you say, transitioning from the vaccine through to some kind of normality is going to re require resilience and, and effort and take something out of us again. Mm. So this whole topic, I think, is pertinent, not just for now, but to have in our minds for going forward into whatever that is. Who knows? Uh, and that's quite scary thinking about the unknown, but we're mm. going to need resilience. So my first question for you, other than how are you feeling, which you answered well, that was good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're in touch with your feelings. That's fab. Loosely. No, you're good. It's great. Just define for us what you think resilience is. I think it probably means slightly different things to different people. I guess for me, it is the ability to keep going. Yeah. It's the ability to put one foot in front of another. Mm -hmm. And we'll come back to this through choice, mm -hmm. not to give up. Mm -hmm. So it's around, to me, the area of perseverance. Uh, it's the ability to, to experience obstacles, to experience difficulty, to experience setbacks, to yeah. experience failure, to mm -hmm. experience problems, yeah. and for them not to derail us completely, mm -hmm. that we are unable to function or continue in life. Um, so again, you've got to define what you mean by living and what life is. Mm -hmm. But I think resilience is, is that ability just to keep going, mm -hmm. to keep going, not to be victorious yeah. and happy, yeah. but to stay with it. And, and from a Christian point of view, for me, resilience is saying whatever the world throws at me, whatever the evil one throws at me, whatever life throws at me, mm -hmm. I will continue to, mm. to follow God. I will continue mm. to seek his purpose for my life. Mm. I will continue to seek to know him and, and walk with him through the day. I will con continue to be thankful and I will not uh, curse him. I will not turn away from him. Mm -hmm. I will not give up being a Christian. Yeah. And I guess that for me is the bottom line mm. For me, resilience is both the practical for everyday people. For me as a Christian, it's mm. that I, whatever happens at the end of the day, still find me following Jesus. I may be angry with him mm. and I may be hurting and I may be fearful and I may be questioning, but I'm still aiming to be a disciple. Which is great. But I think resilience is often countercultural to what's going on in our society at the moment. We live in a very disposable society. If you don't like the person you're with, well, let's go out and find somebody, somebody else. Mm -hmm. in, in, not just in relationships, but it seems to be in so many different areas of society that it's very, very transient, very, very temporary. Mm -hmm. And we don't often see a lot of resilience. We don't often see this in action. I suppose one of my questions is, do you think more people, some people are more resilient than others? So we do live in this society where it's easier to give up. Is that just because of temperament and nature and just who they are? Or are 
are there more people that are more resilient than those that aren't? So yeah, I, I think there are a couple of big factors. I think one is our experience and our upbringing, and I think there are mm -hmm. two elements to that. Yeah. So I think that if we have had a childhood where mummy did everything for us, where we always got what we wanted, where there was all the love in the world, mm. but absolutely slightly overprotected, yeah. and we never really experienced disappointment or we never really experienced not getting our own way mm -hmm. we had everything we ever wanted mm -hmm. I think that's a disadvantage in life and I mm -hmm. think that that can sometimes make it harder for us as adults to accept that not everything goes our way mm -hmm. um, now that mm -hmm. is get overable so I don't think we just say well I'm ruined because my parents <laughs> ruined me I think but it just makes it slightly harder because we're not used to failing an exam, yeah. not getting the, 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 the toy that we always wanted. We're not used to something mm. going wrong in life. Mm. Um, I, I, I think I may have quoted this before, but I love the quote of um, a lady called Ruth Graham, who was the wife of famous Christian leader Billy Graham, and she talks about how when she looks back on her life, she's an elderly woman now, she may have died by now, she looks back on her life and she says that all the things that she's most proud of in her children were the things she prayed wouldn't happen. In other words, that the things that she tried to stop happening to her children had made them the mm. characters and the resilient people that they are. Mm. And there's something about that that if we everything is easy for us, that mm. makes can make us less resilient. So that's one aspect from our childhood. The second, can, almost the opposite, is that if our childhood is filled with people who always gave up, mm who whenever it got difficult just didn't stick at it, then that becomes a role model. That's what we ex almost mm -hmm. that we expect and what we see from others. Uh, so if all we've ever learnt is if it's difficult, don't do it, mm -hmm. then I think that also is harder for us as adults to be mm -hmm. resilient. I'm, as I think about this in my own life, and I, I think I would probably be characterised as fairly resilient, mm -hmm. My mum and dad were incredibly resilient. Mm -hmm. they, that's my childhood, that mm -hmm. they just stuck at things. I remember having to do things because dad would say, I said I was going to do it, and I'm going to do it. Gosh. And that's, that was his mentality, mm. that if he said he was going to do something, he mm. was going to do it. I, I, uh, I, so I had that role model, so mm. I think that does help me. Mm. So those two things are overcomable, mm. but we have to recognise them. And we have to say, actually, I need to learn a different pattern of living to the one that I had as a child because either I was spoilt or I was uh, exposed to people who just gave up all the time. Mm. That said, I think there's a second big area. And I do think that in the same, as in physically, we all have different pain thresholds that some of us can stub our toe and feel fine and others will run around the room crying for weeks. <laughs> and we've all got different mm. thresholds for, for physical pain. Mm. I suspect that's slightly true for difficulty. Yep. And that through no fault of our own, just the way we're wired, just the way we're created, mm. we may have different levels of what we can cope with. Mm -hmm. um, I was watching a documentary, uh, film, not a documentary, uh, one of those dramas of real events, which was about the, the cabinet during the Falklands War and Gosh. inside number 10 and how the different people, it was all drama, but, uh, you know, 
And I thought I couldn't have coped with that pressure of having to make decisions about sending men to their mm. death. Mm. I've got a level of what I can cope with, and yep. it's not the same as the Prime Minister. I think yep. that today, you know, I would not be able to make the decisions that the Prime Minister's got to make right now, mm. rightly or wrongly. They're very, very difficult. Mm. So, but I am able to carry more pain, perhaps, uh, than others. Mm. And I think that whilst instead of beating ourselves up that we're on different scales, I think partly it's saying, well, the, with a low threshold for pain tends to come a high sense of compassion and empathy, mm -hmm. uh, whereas with a high threshold for pressure and difficulty, we may be less empathetic. So we can see the, the good. Mm. Uh, and when we feel I'm not very good at dealing with pressure, we might say, yes, but I am good at caring for people. So you, mm -hmm. you balance the two. Yeah. That said, I think we should always seek to be more resilient than we were last month. Mm. And I think we can always improve, but we're not all going to be prime ministers or major generals or leaders of huge organisations. I'm relieved at that. Yes. <laughs> Talking about the Prime Minister, you know, he's been under the cosh for so long. You just think, where's his resilience coming yeah. from? Yeah. All that he's been through. Yeah. As you were speaking, I was thinking of um, Strictly Come Dancing. I know it's one of your favourite programmes that you watch every week, Donald. I've never You've watched it. You've never watched it. <laughs> but you, you have like a celebrity and they have a dance partner, yeah, yeah. as you know the premise. I'm aware of the concept. You are. When you get a sports person... Uh, as the celebrity. It's really interesting to see that they've been on, particularly rugby players, they've been yeah. on a journey where they've been corrected. You've had to improve, you've had to be resilient. Somebody's told you, you're not good enough, you're not being picked. And rather than giving up and having a strop, you say, right, okay, yeah, that's fine. You tell me what I need to do and, and I'll do it. And it, it stands out as a very different mentality from everyone one else. Mm. So when they're getting critiqued by the judges, they'll be like, okay, that's really helpful, thank you. I'm going to go away and work on that. Whereas everybody else is just crying because, oh, I thought I was brilliant and you've told me I'm rubbish. Yeah. And it kind of paints out what, what you're talking about. And I always think I want to be like the sports person. I want to be able to take whatever comes my way and think, okay, what do I need to do? And I love the idea of can I be more resilient this week than, than I was last week. Mm. I think that's great. But I think it's good for us to have in mind that we do have these different thresholds because there's no point berating somebody else if we no. think, well, you should be able to cope with that. Yeah. I've done that. And you see that a lot, don't you? Well, what's wrong with them? Why? What? They must be so weak. Why can't they cope with that? Mm. And you just think, here, by the grace of God, go I. Mm. If I can fantastic but what can i do to support to encourage and to stand alongside mm. and it's not a competition so we're not all aiming for the same bar are we we're mm. saying okay this is my life mm. this is the life that god has created for me i want to walk that faithfully keeping my eyes fixed upon him and not giving up on him uh, and just slowly maybe very slowly some days trying to put one foot in front of the other. Mm. So let's talk about then this whole idea of resilience. How, how can we grow in our resilience? How can we be more resilient this week than we were last week? You've got a number of areas that, that you think actually, if we begin to think about and, and put these into action collectively, mm. that they can help us. Where do you want to start with these? I've got a list here. I guess I would start with choices. Okay. And with what are you aiming for? What are you going for? And... Um, a lot of this would be just my own personal experience, which may be completely wrong, but this is how I see yep. things. 
I've always found it helpful to be focused on um, some principles that I've chosen. And the first and most important principle is I've chosen to follow Jesus. Yep. I, we sing a song, No Turning Back. And I love that. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. I was baptized. I made a promise in the water of baptism that I would follow Jesus. Can I ask you just a question about that? Has there ever been a moment in your life where you've just thought, this is too hard, I'm going to jack it in? Or have you always thought, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running with this, but I'm fed up with you and this is difficult? I think... I think in the early weeks, months, maybe first year or two of being a Christian, you waver, am I a Christian? So in my story of becoming a Christian, which I think we talked about before, there was a sort of two-year pregnancy. Now, in that two-year, from the moment I first followed, decided to follow Jesus at the age of 13 to the moment where I realised that I did want to follow Jesus, I gave up every week. Every week I gave up. And what was different about the end and I got baptised shortly after that when I was 16, was that I made a decision. And part of it was that I recognised that, that Satan, the evil one, wanted me to give up. Yep. And I was determined when I got baptised, I am going to do this. Mm. And that links in, I guess, to the second value and choice, which is for me, is if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Yep. And that has driven me to absurd lengths at times but I don't want to let people down and I do not want to let God down. So the, 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 for me, since I would say since I was 16, I don't, I, I've been really frustrated. I felt a complete failure. I felt I wanted to give up on ministry, absolutely. But I don't think I've ever... Uh, because at the bottom line is I made a choice that mm. wasn't about feeling. I've made mm. a decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. Mm. And it, it's the same for, for me as the promises one makes in, in a marriage. You make a decision. Mm. That's what I'm going to do. And mm. my, my, I'm, I'm committed to Jesus. Um, I, mean, I, I guess it, I must sound really hard. No, I just it's think... Just, that's what I... I yep. To me... The worst thing is to go back on what I said. Mm. And mm. I've chosen to do that. But I think we're, if you look at me and you, we're temperamentally very different. So you're very much, I've thought this through. This is the right thing to do. And I'm more emotions and then think it through. So for you, you're like, I've made this decision. I'm, I'm following it through. Sometimes my emotions in my however many years I've been a Christian, I've got to the point of I am really annoyed with you and I'm within everything of me walking away. Not because I don't love God, but because I just get so emotional and so frustrated that some of the major things that have happened have got me to that point of, oh, I've not given up but I've got to the point. But that's just different temperamentally. And mm -hmm. I think we go back to the different things we can handle. So your resilience uh, and your ability to cope with things, I think, is higher than mine, mm -hmm. um, which is a great thing because you're my team leader and you run this church, and I love that. I, well, I don't know. We can unpack that because I think you've faced some very, very difficult things and come through them in a remarkable way. But anyway. Yeah, but I, I didn't give up. No. But I was very, very close. So what I'm saying is some people might be like you 
that they've made this decision and I'm going to follow it through. Some people might be like me, who are more emotional and more all over the place and have moments of, oh, this is just awful. I, I, I think, I mean, I have been very, very close. I, I, I think the, the aspect is that there's a concept in the Bible that I th maybe we, sh we should do a whole talk on because <laughs> I, I think it's very misunderstood. There's a concept in the Bible that the Old Testament often calls the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And I think that conjures up all kinds of unhelpful ideas because it mm. makes it sound like God is unpredictable. Or but I would, talk, I would say that there's a bottom line of respect and revering God that at, when it comes to push, com when push comes to shove, I dare not tell him that I'm breaking my promise. Mm. I literally daren't do mm. that because I just think he is so mm. powerful and great and awesome. And I thought it through mm. at the time. And I think, I guess some of it is to do with how you become a Christian because I had that two-year period of really be, being questioning it. It's a choice of, uh, that I... Mm. Well, the time I got baptised, I knew what I was doing. Mm. And I... I daren't say to God, mm. that's it. Mm. And that is the same that I daren't let you down, mm. I daren't let the church down. The, there are many Sunday mornings when I wake up and what I feel is, turn the alarm off, I can't face being mm. on, in front of people or on a camera again. Mm. It's too scary mm. and I'm too useless at it. Most Sunday mornings I wake up feeling that, but I daren't let, you down. What I would think about is everybody being in the church waiting for me. But where is he? Exactly. Yeah. And that that experience so frightens me mm -hmm. that it'll push me through. Mm -hmm. that and it's I I daren't face God. Mm. I really daren't face God and say I didn't do what you wanted me to do with my life. Mm. I know you made me. I know you gave me breath. I know you called me for a reason. Mm. And do you know what God? I didn't do it. Mm. I dare not do that. Mm. Um, and that may sound like God's negative. It, it, it's, it, for me, it's deeply rooted out of love. I just don't want to let him down. I mm. just don't want to let him down. I do let him down all the time, <laughs> but I don't want to deliberately let him down. Mm. I don't want to choose to let him down. I can't mm. cope with that thought. I just want to live for Jesus. Um, and, and words of songs, commitment, prayers, all of those things really help me and reinforce it. And, and I do love... It was an old chorus and it's been reinvented. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turn. I love to sing that. The world behind me, the cross before me, I've decided. So that for me, it's, it's about... So the resilience, the bottom line is, I'm more afraid of failure than I am of whatever problem I'm facing. Mm. Mm. And whether that's unhealthy or not, others mm. can decide. I'm more afraid of letting you down than I am afraid of the problems that I face when I get here. And I think we go back to this place of understanding who God is. Uh, and I think when we base everything solely on emotions and feelings, we don't have that stable rock in which we go back to the word of God. This is who God is. This is who I'm trusting. This is who I'm committing my life to. Mm. And I think things like the Alpha Course, 
which will be running hopefully again in the new year, are brilliant because it just takes you on a journey. It's like your two-year journey. I think yeah. there's a real strength in that. I think people often think, oh, wouldn't it have been great if I just became a Christian uh, out of nowhere? And I think it swings and roundabouts because I listen to what you're saying and I think about, well, I just became a Christian. Um, there wasn't a two-year whatever. It was just one night. Um, I heard somebody talking about the difference that Jesus made. I'm like, I want that. And so my life changed in an instant, which was powerful and amazing and makes me think that God can do instant and amazing things. But when that's the first thing that God does for you, that's your expectation of what he's going to be like. So when he doesn't do that and he teaches you that sometimes you need patience and we go on a journey and not everything is instant, it's far harder. Mm. Because you're like, well, come on, you, you, you're the God of the miraculous. Yeah. You, you saved me. And again, it's just different temperaments, different experiences, different understandings. But I think eventually we get to the same place that, you know, I've worked out through the Bible, through teaching in my head, who God is, mm. what he means and all of those things. I think we're in saying exactly yeah. the same thing, but we've just got it at different ways. And yeah. it's probably been a longer journey for me because it was far more of an emotional thing. And there's nothing wrong with emotions. There's nothing wrong in what I did. It was completely amazing. But when you're up against it, it mm. teaches you initially think, come on, God, miraculously get me out of this. And mm. God doesn't always mm. do that. I, I, I think that leads them on to another huge area, which is expectations. Yeah. Uh, so, so my story, I think I told, it before, told you before, was that the day after I'd had that moment of experiencing God, I went to school and renounced it. <laughs> And, and that traumatised me for yeah, 20 years. Absolutely. That one, one minute, I, mm. Saturday night, I was telling people I was a Christian. Monday morning, I was telling people I was not a Christian. Yeah. And so that, has, that ha does shape how I see things. But yeah. it, it leads into this area of expectations. And for me, the, the way I see Jesus, the way I understand the New Testament, is that it is clear that if I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, I must take up my cross and I will have to deny myself. Paul says in Philippians, which is such a so significant a book for me, you know, he says, I, I press on to take that which Christ has taken hold of me and to share in his sufferings. That I've, I think from after that two-year period, I think on that Monday morning, I thought that God should make my life easy, and then why hadn't he? By the time I got baptised, I realised that if I was going to follow Jesus, I had to follow him to the cross. Mm. I had to, to die with him. Mm. And that has shaped my understanding of Christianity, that I expect it, there to be suffering. I expect mm. it to be difficult. I expect there to be spiritual opposition, and I expect there to be physical opposition. You're Mr. Optimist, aren't you? I'm, I, <laughs> realist. I, I think realist. I'm Mr. Realist. Yeah. I'm always surprised mm -hmm. and pleased when things are better. That's but true. if you read the Old Testament and you read the New Testament, the pattern of, the pattern of church leadership is that people grumble. So uh, my expectation of church leadership is that nobody's going to be happy. I'm thrilled oh, when people are happy. I fulfil that for you most days, <laughs> don't I? <laughs> but you just see that if you read the, the, old, yeah. the people of God always grumbled. So yeah. why should I not expect that to be the experience? Actually, it's far less than I expect. But I don't expect God to make my life easy. I expect that if I'm following Jesus and fulfilling his call on my life to be part of the transformation of this world, of a part of the bringing a kingdom of God in, of casting out the kingdom of darkness, that that is 
is a, is a painful experience. It's a birth pain. It's going to be difficult. I think if we sell Christianity as come to Jesus and uh, you will be happy ever after, and I think there's a temptation to do that and there's a, the risk that we do that, I think we no wonder people give up. I think for me, I came to the point of realizing I am so loved by God and this world is so messed up. I want to be part of his transformation of this world because in heaven, I'll get all the rewards. Mm. So I believe this world will be trouble and difficulty mm. and that to be a follower of Jesus, I have to walk that path. Mm. So that doesn't mean that difficulties are easier, but it doesn't mean I'm going, well, what happened there, God? Yeah, you're not blindsided. I'm not it. blindsided. Yeah. They're mm. part of what I anticipate. Mm. And I think that helps my resilience. Mm. And one of my favourite quotes, which you know I quote all the time, is that uh, disillusionment occurs when you start with an illusion. Mm. If you have an illusion that if you pray and follow Jesus, you will never be sad again, <laughs> you will never have problems, yep. you will never have difficulty, you will never have something that's frightening, it's an, dis it's an illusion and you'll get it dissed and you become disillusioned and you say, God, where were you? If we have... A, a, a right understanding mm. of life, which is that this, this world is messed up. It's yep. a battleground between good and evil. And in heaven, e good will triumph and evil will be vanquished and we will celebrate forever. Then you, you, go, you, you can cope with the evil because it's not a surprise. And I think that's such an important point. And I think it's such a, a mindset that we don't always have. I think for many people, they enter into Christianity thinking, my life's going to be great now. I'm, I'm not going to have troubles and are completely blindsided when they do. Isn't life supposed to be great? Am I not supposed to have any more worries? You know, God's perfect peace. And then people feel guilty and second rate mm -hmm. when actually difficulties come and they struggle. Well, what's wrong with my faith? I'm a really poor Christian. I'm a really bad person. Uh, and you're, you're in this negative circle that it's really difficult to get out of, that you need to trust God for his help in the situation, but you're feeling so bad about yourself that you're backed off thinking, what must God think of me? I'm rubbish. I can't even cope with this. I didn't expect it. Is it because I've done something wrong? And you go through this whole unhelpful mind yeah. full of rubbish. And some churches, I have to say, not us, perpetuate yeah. this. Yeah. You know, you come to God and he'll provide all your money. Yeah. Everything else will yeah. be absolutely fine. Yeah. And in itself, that used to still frustrate me, even makes me angry if we go back to last week. But the New Testament says that there will be people who will teach false teachings and that will deceive and that they will say peace, peace when there is no peace. Yeah. So in a sense, I'm not surprised. Yeah. In fact, the Bible even talks about there being occasional people that will seem to lead whole nations and whole empires who will be liars. Mm. And so when you see that happening in the world, you think, okay, Bible said that this kind of thing yeah. happens. It's not that something's gone wrong that God's taken by surprise. It is still wrong, yeah. but it's not, uh, it's not unexpected. And the need for resilience isn't most of the time because of anything that we've done. Mm. We're just caught up in this, this world, yeah. as the Bible calls it, a fallen world, that yeah. it is far from perfect, that yeah. there are so many things that go wrong, whether that be health, relationships, attack from the devil, whatever it might be, that it's not about us. It's just that we are passers 
through in a world that is not permanent, yeah. is not heaven, but it has a whole load of rubbish yeah. that, that goes on and we get caught up in that. And so I think you're so right, your expectations. Not that we expect the worst the whole time, but that we recognise that when we're, we're going against the flow, that we're with God and, and that life isn't always easy. Mm. I think that's great. I've got a, um, a message in here just to throw in at this point. It says, I feel uh, lack of resilience is another failure in myself. I try and try and fall down again. And because I have fallen down, it confirms that I'm not worthy. I wish resilience could be built like a muscle. I think, it, I think resilience can yes. be built with a muscle, but we may start, with very, we may start being very unfit. Yes. And so I, I could never run a marathon. I could never... Uh, I probably couldn't run to the end of the street because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fit, but I can build slowly. Yes. And I'd never be able to run a marathon, but I can get fitter than I was yesterday. Couch to 5K you could do, I reckon. Couch to 5K. I think uh, the, one of the other things that I found really helpful is the concept that when, you're, when you and I were learning to walk, when we were little children, we learned to walk, we fell over. Mm. There's no doubt about it. There's nobody who can learn to walk without falling over. Mm. Falling over is not a problem. The only problem is when you stay sat down and you say, that's it, I'm not going to learn to walk. Mm. And for me, resilience is not the absence of falling over. In fact, that's the very opposite. Resilience is the ability to say, I've messed up or fallen over, but I'm going to have another go. And I think that we mustn't confuse failure with resilience. Yeah. Failure is something we all do. Yeah. Resilience is the ability to just have another go. Yeah. And I, I think that, again, talking about aims and expectations, one of the things that's been important to me is I don't expect myself to be successful. Whatever, however you define success, uh, I don't put that burden on me. I want to be faithful. I want to keep going. And so one of the things we've talked about in recent months is, is the idea that I remembered is that I, I don't... I didn't want my life to be a firework, which is spectacular and brilliant and all over. I want to be a street lamp, which is dull, but consistent and necessary. It's dull in comparison to a firework. It's not dull, it gives no. light, yes. No, and I guess my light, I'm aiming to be consistent. I'm not aiming to be successful. Uh, so in... We all compare ourselves to other people, mm. don't we? And I, I do that, and it's, mm. it's unhelpful. And I've gone through times of comparing myself with really successful Christian leaders. Who, When I was an early Christian, the fact that I couldn't sing or play guitar really distressed me. I know we laugh about it, but it really, really did because I thought all the top Christians could play the guitar. And I compared myself to people who were funny, could tell jokes. I compared myself, and, and I've gone through all of that and I had to think, I don't want to be a firework, I want to be a street lamp. And I was very, I had a, a, um, a mentor when I was first went into Christian ministry, a guy called Gilbert Kirby, who was then in his 80s, he's now long gone to be with Jesus. What he inspired me was that he'd done 60 years in Christian ministry and he'd done it faithfully. He had the same wife, he didn't have any enemies, he'd just done it. 
And I thought, that's what I want to do. That's actually what I want to do, is I want to get to the end, 50, 60, 70, and say I was consistent, mm -hmm. I didn't let anybody down. Mm -hmm. and, when I, and that goal for me was important then. And it, I think I've renounced success I waver all the time I'm always comparing myself but I need to you know when I'm at my good place I'm just am I consistent am I faithful so I would say to the person that feels that they're not good at it it depends what you're comparing yourself to and all that's required is to just have another go that's all that's required just have another go how long did it take you to be comfortable in yourself that this is me and I'm just going to be me and I'm going to be faithful to who God has created me to be. So, you know, writing a sermon each day, whatever it is you're doing, saying, I am doing this for God. I'm not doing it for the acclaim of, you know, I want to be a blessing to those that listen. How long did it take you to work that through? Well, I, I think I'm still working. I think I'm still working. That's why I have wobbles. <laughs> so I would say possibly when I was a young Christian, I would have... 10 days of feeling insecure and comparing myself and I'd have half an hour of feeling <laughs> secure in myself. Yep. And yep. now I, I, I think that I will wobble, I will wobble at nine o'clock on a Sunday night. After the live streams? After the live streams, yep. I will go over what I've done, I will go over what I've said, I will wobble about it then. Um, do you watch it back then or do you no, just think it no, back? No, 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 I don't. No, I will no, because I really will wobble, and I wobble wobble Monday morning. I'm normally wobbling all the way through my our staff meetings, uh, where I'm, I'm thinking I'm not. And then, so my current pattern is that on Tuesday I really get into preparing the study in John, and I spend yeah. all day studying John's gospel. By the end of Tuesday, I'm back on equilibrium, and that tends to carry me through till Sunday night again. Mm. So mm. it's not that I never wobble at all. Mm. That would be fake and mm. uh, for me to convey that. Mm. It would be great, but it wouldn't be true. Mm. It's just that there's more greater periods. And I think that I am... I've gone through lots of periods where I could have gone somewhere else. I could have given up. I could have moved where things were difficult. And each time we've come through that and I'm still here, makes you that, that little bit stronger. Um, and then there are loads of other things, like I'm surrounded by really good people and, and all of that stuff. But no, I, I, I couldn't tell you I go a whole week feeling completely happy in my skin. It's just that I'm happier for longer periods. That's good. That's really positive. Brilliant. So we have done expectations, choices. Where do you want to go next? Well, let's go with people. Yep. Choose to surround yourself with people who encourage and exclude, don't listen to, minimalise the impact of people who don't. Talk about being Mr. Teflon. Yeah. Because I always... In, that's yep. great. Yeah. So of that. I sometimes, when someone is being discouraging to me, I sometimes imagine myself to be like a non-stick frying pan. I visualise, I'm covered in Teflon, mm. I visualise that wor the words that you are saying are not going to stick to me and I'm going to forget them when I walk out of here. I make sure that the people close to me, my colleagues, uh, I think I, I'm in the 
fortunate position of being, when you're in leadership, you can choose people you work with, you're part mm -hmm. of the appointment process, not my choice altogether, but collectively, mm -hmm. you make sure you surround yourself with people that build, that build up and encourage. We built you up on Sunday night, didn't we? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but you can only do that, you can only take Mick because the bottom line is there's a good relationship underneath. Oh, in, we wouldn't do it if we, if we didn't know no, that you didn't. Exactly. If we felt you didn't know we didn't completely respect you, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I'm fortunate to have a great team of elders, always had a great mm. team of elders, mm. always had really, really good elders. Mm. Um, uh, close friends. So you, you, you hold close to you the people that strengthen your mm. resilience and people that damage your resilience. You might still need to work with them, mm. you might still need to live with them, but I compartmentalise their impact on me. So it's learning to do that, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's particularly those that are negative. I'm thinking of those in the workplace that maybe have to work with people that are unhelpful because yeah. it's easier to choose your friends. You can't choose your family, obviously. Yeah. But some of those closer we can choose, but those that we can't choose, it's a, a case of saying, okay, God, would you help me to work out how I don't let this affect me? Yeah. How I, yours is to do what you do. What's my thing? What is it that I do? So at the end of the day, when I walk out of here, that's not stuck to me. That's not going around in my head. Those are the lines that I don't need to listen to. Mm. I need to just leave mm. that. So mm. is it a case of asking God, God, help me to do that? I guess so. I think it's acknowledging it and saying, almost they would say that, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I don't accept the truth of what they're saying. Yeah. That's what they think. And now I yeah. know what they think, but it's not the truth that I hold to. So, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, compartmentalising, I wouldn't go, I don't have anything to do with social media. I don't <laughs> want to know what other people think of me. I don't want to, to run that risk. Yep. I don't want to know all of that negativity that's out there. Um, so I don't, you know, lots of people tell me how destructive social media is, can be. So I don't have, any, I've never had anything to do with it. I'm not on Facebook. I don't want to know. Mm. And so that helps. I, mm. um, I've worked out that my, for my own resilience, yeah. I needed to come home to a house that was safe and separate. And lots of Christian leaders uh, exude hospitality. And uh, I struggle with feeling that. And, you know, if I was a proper Christian, I would say, come round my house whenever you like. And I worked out that the way for me to be resilient is that when I come home, it's secure and it's, it's different. So I don't have an open home and I don't have people around. Um, but I think there's not a problem with that because outside of your home, you, would, you don't let anybody down. So if somebody needed you, you're there. Yeah. If there's somebody that's got a crisis, there's somebody that's just lost somebody or whatever it is, you're there. Yeah, I think you are. Well, I try. Yeah, I, don't I think know. you are. I don't yeah. know. I, I think you've got a very good reputation of being reliable and trustworthy and being someone that you can lean on in mm. difficult times, mm. definitely. I also found for me that going away and being on my own, walking for three or four days and just taking a break. Mm. And I think that's more about my temperament, but knowing what rebuilds you, knowing yeah. what restores you. And for me, solitude and exercise mm. is really, really helpful. And that mm. builds into the resilience 
and this whole area of the biblical command to rest and restore and finding out what rebuilds you, finding out what restores you. Uh, and 24-hour living does not help me. I need boundaries. Things like Sabbath are helpful for mm. people. Just setting aside time that yeah. isn't dominated by work coming in or other pressures, but time where you can breathe and it's working yeah. out. What is Sabbath for me? Yeah. used to be yeah. coming to church as part of it. Can't yeah. do that now. What does that look like? Yeah. And it's different for everybody, isn't it? If you've got a family, that will look differently. It might be something that you do collectively, but you still might need to do something on your own. If you don't have a family, it's, it's, it is just working yeah. out what works yeah. for me, but Hobbies, making sure that, yes. interests, things that... Your Meccano. Yeah, my Meccano. Yes. Just pure fun. Yes, but you need that. Yes. That's part of resilience, isn't yes. it? Getting that work, yes. that whole life balance. Yes. It's a command to yes. rest. Yes. Uh, what other religion has a command to rest? Isn't that brilliant? But it's count, count, countercultural. Yeah. It feels wrong sometimes to do it, doesn't it? Until you get into the habit of doing it, yeah. it feels wrong. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got the day off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel sometimes when I have a Sunday off. Like, oh, is this what normal people feel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit sad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what else do you want to look at? I can't remember. Throw something else at me. We have got priorities and saying no. Yeah, I think that's in that whole area of compartmentalising, of knowing... So for me, knowing what I'm called to, what, is my, what am I meant to be doing and not trying to do what everybody else wants me to do. Yeah. So here's, here's the, 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 the thing I've got to balance. So my part of my resilience is I don't want to let you down. Mm. But I will go mad if I have to do everything that you... Not you, but a, another mm. person wants me to do. Yep. So therefore, I need to work out what is it that God wants me to do. When I commit to that, I mustn't let anybody down on that. Yep. But I mustn't commit to do what I'm not meant to do, what God hasn't yep. gifted me or equipped me to do. Yep. So for me, that's why teamwork is so mm. crucial, to be part of a team or a group of people. And to be able to say, do you know what, I can't do that. Mm. That's not in my skill set. Mm. And I find that helps me. So I think one of the most draining things or that, that makes us want to give up is when we're doing something, we're actually thinking, I'm not very good at this mm. and I don't know why I'm doing it. Mm. And I try and avoid both of those scenarios. I try mm. and avoid doing what I'm not very good at and I try and avoid doing things where I don't have no idea why I'm doing mm. this. So stick to what are you good at and what is the aim? Do you know why it's, it matters to do it? And minimize the rest i think you're very humble in your team leadership i think there's few major christian leaders that i know in your position that are as comfortable as you are at saying this is where i feel i'm gifted this is where i do all right and this is where i don't feel i'm gifted and there you go you're more gifted than me you go you fly that, that's rare to have somebody that says i can't do it but you fly, you go with it. I think that's lovely. And I think that's something we should encourage in each other to, to identify the things. Actually, I can't do that, but you can. That's fantastic. Get on and do it. Mm. I, I think that's brilliant. And so for us, we need to identify what is it that I'm here to do. Mm. Uh, and we've talked about this in, in, in previous sessions, haven't we? We've talked about gifts. We've talked about uh, who God has created us to be so check those out for folks mm. but i think it's really important mm. know why you're here know what it is that you're doing and stick to that unless god says we'll try this or try that i mean we both started out in ministry doing certain things and we've branched out and we've discovered yeah. that actually we can do other things that we never thought mm. 
we could or we like sitting in front of a camera. We never ever wanted to do that. But somehow we've blagged this for mm. however many months and we got away with questions of life and you think God is good. Mm. And, and that's good. You grow, you move, but it's undoing that in step with God, isn't it? Mm. Not in the pressure of everybody else wants me to do this, but it's what, what is God saying? What's God's leading? Who am I? What are my temperaments? What are my giftings? It's really important. And I can't remember, we did a Questions of Life not that long ago about what God wants us to do each day and, and looking at that. And I yeah. think I refer people to that. But I think there's some, you know, if we can give ourselves a headline, look, you know, I think basically God wants me to care yeah. for A, B and C in my life, whether it's mm -hmm. friends, family, neighbours, colleagues, clients. Fundamentally, God wants me to care. If that's, then do that. Mm -hmm. If you say, well, fundamentally, God wants me to do this job well, mm -hmm and to bring him glory and honour by doing the job that I do, then go for that mm. and, and, and do that. And if fundamentally God's saying, look, what I really want you to do is, is impact and change the situation, then get, it, get ahead and do it. The, the problem comes when we don't really know whether we're doing the right thing. And, and mm. so it's worth trying to, just the headline, every day yeah. there'll be things that don't match it, but the big headline for the whole year, is it caring for these people in my life? Is mm -hmm. it doing this job to the best of my ability? Mm -hmm. uh, is it making a difference somewhere? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, and just going for that and saying no to the things that stop you doing that. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Okay, moving on through your yep. list. You've got forgiveness. Yes, I think bitterness is a big problem for resilience. And again, we've done a questions of life uh, on this, haven't we? It's mm. uh, holding on to the past, mm. not forgiving ourselves, mm. not forgiving others, not forgiving God. All of those things cause us to... If you take the analogy yeah. of falling over, not learning yeah. to walk, all of those things cause us to stay sat down. Yeah. And we've got to find a way of saying, I'm going to let go of this pain, I'm going to let go of the past, I'm going to look forward to what God is going to do now, not on what happened then and, and letting go of anger towards people from the past. Got a message in here. Uh, it's harder to be resilient in isolation when we're not able to be with other Christians. That's probably why the live streams are so helpful. Thank you. Mm. I think that's right. I think, I, think, I think we need people to be resilient. Yeah. And yeah. it is hard. Yeah. Hard. And when we can't physically meet with them, I think we've got to make the effort, like mm. watch a live stream, whatever it might be for us, read a book, listen yeah. to a podcast, yeah. phone somebody up, mm. FaceTime someone. It just requires us to think outside the box and mm. to not just sit there, well, I can't meet up with people, that's it. Resilience does require a certain amount of yeah. effort from us yeah. to work on that. But the bottom line is resilience is just keeping going. Mm. It's not... It's not having it easy. Mm. So it is harder to be resilient, mm. but actually sometimes that's when we are our most resilient, yeah. when it feels harder. Yeah. One of the things I always find helpful with resilience is being able to look back on past situations yeah. and to think, okay, God, you got me through that. That gives me hope and a security and something to hold on to that I know you're going to get me through this. Mm -hmm. And before I had my own experiences of God getting me through, I'd look back in the Bible. So I'd look back at stories of difficulty, uh, like Joseph, you know, when he was turned on by his brothers and in prison and, and how God still 
used him and met with him. It wasn't easy, but, but those kind of things, I'd look back and I'd think, okay, I'm not the first person to have ever gone through this. Mm. Uh, this might be the first time in my life that I'm going through it with God. I'm going to look back and uh, at the saints that have gone by and take encouragement for them. You know, I used to read some um, Christian biographies and things like that. People that hadn't had the easiest of lives because they bore me. I don't like, I mean, it's great for people to have easy lives, but I don't really learn anything from that. I want to know how somebody survived just horrendous things because that gives me hope. Mm. Um, so for me, it, it's Absolutely. always look back. What, what have I yeah. got through with God? What has somebody else got through with God? Role models are great. Yes. I yes. always have, you know, like Gilbert Kirby was for me, somebody ahead of me. Been there, done that, and I can be, I can catch them up. And that's something that you're seeking to help other people with, isn't it? That you want to be somebody that mentors and yeah. encourages others. Yeah, and I find that rewarding mm-hmm. is, is being able to, to, to uh, yeah, show younger men that mm-hmm. it can be done. Mm-hmm. I think we need that. I think there's been a lack of that perhaps in mm-hmm. the Western, Western church. Mm-hmm. People that have been honest enough to say life isn't easy. I think sometimes church leaders have come across that put your trust in Jesus, life is fantastic, look at my life, it's brilliant, and haven't been prepared to be honest and authentic. And part of being a Christian is that it's difficult at times, that Mm. we do need resilience, that we do come under uh, attack and under pressure. And Mm. the more we say that, the more we admit to it, the more it gives everybody else permission to say, okay, I'm not coping. And then we can help each other. We, mm. we can be this support network that spurs one another on, that prays for one another, that when I'm having a, a rough time, you can say, how are you doing? How can I be praying? And vice versa. And there's a real strength in that rather than hiding behind the, oh, Jesus is great. Everything's fantastic. My hands are in the air. Woo. Life's not always like that. And mm. I've never want to betray that. Mm. And I think that's one of the strengths of your leadership and of our church is that we're real from the clothes that we wear to the things that we say, to the mission statement of making sense of life together, sharing the love of Jesus. It is not making sense of what would be the wonderful Christian life, but how do we make sense of this life, of the difficulties, the struggles, the joys, the blessings, it's all mixed in there and Mm. it's important to be authentic. And Mm. I think you do that really well. Mm. I think that's a real strength and I think it's needed. I I don't know, I don't know. Thank you. I, I, I did find myself very frustrated when I was early in Christian ministry that resilience seemed to be about being happy. And then I'm in real trouble because I don't appear happy very often. <laughs> I'm because life, there's lots of sadness in the world. How can yeah. you be happy all the time? And there's yeah. lots of things that are difficult. Yeah. And I just, that phrase, making sense of life, is really important to me that we just tell it how it is. Yeah. And resilience for me is saying, though the fig tree, this is a verse in the Old Testament where it talks about famine, it talks about everything Mm. not working properly and everything dying. And he says, though the fig tree doesn't bear fruit, doesn't blossom, though what I really need and want isn't happening, yet I will still praise God. Mm. And that for me is Mm. is what life what resilience is, is I recognise this is difficult, it's painful, it's unpleasant, it's not what I want. Mm. But Jesus has still died on the cross for me and has Mm. eternity waiting for Mm. me and I will praise him because I will get there. Mm. And that sense of hope is crucial, holding on to what the future holds. 
person that sent in the message about the lack of resilience uh, sent in a follow-up message. I've had a rubbish day today, feeling very low resilience to work and the challenges COVID brings. Thank you for tonight's questions of life as it's come at a very timely moment for me. Bless you. So in, be encouraged. Bless I know you. who you are and I will keep praying and I think that's really good. I think mm. none of us are the finished article. No. All of us will struggle and stumble. But as you say, it's getting up again. Mm. It's just one foot in front of the other. Not even that at times, it's just... God, it's help. still standing. We're going to go for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we talked about this a lot in Ephesians six. He says, after everything, just to be still standing. You've had all the storm, all the arrows, all the battle, and the dust has settled down, and you're still saying, "I'm still here for Jesus." That's really interesting. That was my prayer. So when my brother died, it coincided with me uh, having. Um, uh, a kind of viral fatigue. I'd had uh, glandular fever, so I had no physical energy. I was also quite down and depressed. Uh, and so my prayer was, I took that passage and I thought, just help me just to stand. I can't walk, I can't run, I can't do any of these other things. I don't feel that I've got anything in me to be or to do anything. Just help me to stand. That was very simply my prayer. Help me just to get up each day and stand. That's as much as I can do and just take me where I'm at and use me where I'm at. And God was so gracious and kind and didn't expect me to have to run and to do major things. And uh, there were other people around that, that were praying for me. And there's a passage in the Old Testament uh, with Moses and he had his arms stretched out. And for as long as his arms were stretched out, they were winning the battle. Yeah. And when he got tired, his hands were held up by two people, this sense of you're not on your own together we're in this mm. um, and I want to encourage people to seek prayer and to pray for others pray for those that you know are struggling greatly at the moment pray that they would just be able to stand mm. to not just give up and just sit in a heap and think I can't do this mm. but by the grace and the strength of God mm. all he asks just stand mm. just stand with me I'm not asking you to run or to sprint or to do a marathon just stand mm. so I love I love that verse. It's yeah, really special. I, I think that's right. And I think the bottom line for me is, is just turn up. Yeah. Is, is that sometimes I think, you know, I get up on a Sunday morning and I don't want to go to church because I'm too scared and because it's too frightening. Mm -hmm. I think I've turned up. That was a success. At the end of the day, it may have been the, the worst live streams or the worst services in the world. Never. I turned up. Mm. And I think that all God asks of us is just turn up and I'll do the rest. You just put yourself he in the room. He honours that. I really think he honours. When we yeah. are at the end of our, ourselves and we think, oh, I, I, I used to get like that when I used to come and preach. And when I do these at times, you know, you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm yeah. going to do. But God, I know I've got to be here. Yeah. And, and I hand it over yeah. to you. And I think God honours those, those moments because it's me saying, I can't do this on my own. But I'm just doing what you ask. And however it goes, it's down to you, God. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. And then I try and leave it there. I yeah. don't always manage to leave it there and not. not I think stressed. this is getting really. We need to be realistic about what resilience is. Resilience yes. is just simply going back into work tomorrow. Yes. Resilience is simply just getting out of bed yes. in the morning and helping people have breakfast. Yes. Resilience is simply picking up the kids from school. Yeah. Resilience is simply 
picking up the phone and, and phoning the elderly relative and mm -hmm. saying, how are you today? Yeah. Even though you're dreading the phone call or whatever it is. Yeah. It's not any more than that. It's just turning up. Street lamp. Yeah. It's just being consistent. Being there. Get up in the morning and say, God, help me. Let's go through this day together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anything else you want to throw into the mix as we come into land? No, I don't. Just, yeah, don't give up. Don't give up. Just each morning, get out of bed and don't have too high expectations of what God expects of you. Mm. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much for joining with us at this session. Uh, next week, what are we doing next week? We're Christmas special. It is a Christmas well, special. Well, we say that. Well, we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about, yeah. Christmas is, is confused by so many people. Uh, what's it all about? We're going to be unpacking that. You're going to get to talk about stables with lots of things can as I, well. Can I say at this point that uh, it might, it, I, I do want to talk about Christmas, but it might not be the best session for young children who believe in somebody. <laughs> okay. Just putting it out He's there. Put that I'm out going there. to be honest He's next week. He's put that out there. So, yeah. <laughs> On that wonderful bombshell, thank you so much for joining with us, and we will see you soon. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.